last time I played Father Christmas I stood outside a department store A gang of kids came over and mugged me And knocked my reindeer to the floor They said, Father Christmas, give us some money Don't mess around with those silly toys We'll beat you up if you don't hand it over We want your bread, so don't make us annoyed Give all the toys to the little rich Welcome to the 2021 Podcast on Fire Christmas special and it's trivia night or day because it's the middle of the day. Uh, it's one of the only shows per year where we sit down and talk like real people. The rest is of course tightly scripted and uh, no personality is allowed to come through uh, the other podcasts I produce. <laughs> only uh, the info and analysis of the films. Uh, we're robots over here, at least I, I encourage us to be. Uh, it's me trying to keep it real, folks, as you can hear. There was no time to do a um, dual podcast on fire this weekend's lease this year uh, but i felt we owed it to our listeners to adhere to a sense of tradition that Stuart sutherland started of course uh, by producing a podcast on fire christmas special and a few years after that uh, i believe uh, mike banner uh, introduced a trivia night so i tried to do that every now and again if not every year last year tom was uh, the lord uh, quizmaster and took care Ooh. of business so thank you to tom but uh, i took the reins this year just uh, I, I, I felt a sense of duty to do so and uh, had time as I said, it's trivia night, and there is a prize that I bought with my own tiny little hands going online shopping. <laughs> and I will uh, will reveal what that prize is once we get to the trivia section. Let's uh, start the, start this off and introduce uh, the folks here. And uh, I'd like to welcome Sunny South Florida's very own Paul Fox, live and direct at 6.30 a.m. in his uh, podcast broom closet. Uh, so, hello, Paul. Merry Christmas. Hello, Merry Christmas. Um, <clears throat> coming to you from not so sunny uh, Florida today because we are a little bit wet and rainy for the season. But as always, happy to be here and wishing everybody a very happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. It's like a balmy 150 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that. Uh, pretty close, yeah. It's uh, it's Florida. What are you going to do? And, you know, if you go with the global, whole global warming thing, then we're even hotter than normal. So, Well, um, welcome. And uh, as I... I don't I don't say it enough, so I'm going to say it now because it's Christmas. You're, you're a major contributor to our podcast coverage. Uh, the way I see these shows uh, going, you help uh, contribute to that uh, vision, the purpose of it, and I value your perspective and knowledge and ability to elevate those discussions because you, you can plan as much as you want, but you never know where a podcast will take you, and uh, you certainly elevate uh, the discussions that uh, you and I have, Paul. And uh, so that's my kind words um, to you. It only happens at Christmas. I, I think you're talking about the other Paul, Paul Quinn. No, right? no, that's it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, number one, number one fox of the podcast on Fire Network. <laughs> I'm just the guy who nerds out about movies. I don't know oh, what you're talking on, about. So. Aren't, we, aren't we all? Well, it, it gives us good shows, so thank you very much. Uh, also, one half of the Logger Logs duo uh, uh, we're going to introduce next. Uh, that's a podcast that uh, has uh, several seasons under their belt talking to each other and reviewing beer. And first of all, we have uh, Scotland's Stuart Sutherland, who perhaps, uh, despite it being uh, before noon, is allowing himself a beer because it's Christmas. Or not, or five. So, welcome, Stuart. Well, and, and what was the top, top of beer this year? Hello. Um, well, Tom will get this. I'm, I'm currently having a Tetley's. No. Are you Tetley's really? Oh, got me all excited again. Yeah, sorry. Milk and two, my friend. Oh, good man. Good, Sid. Disappoint me once again. Well, 
we're recording twice a day, so there's room for more disappointment. I was going to say, I can only get better from here. Oh, did more disappointment. Okay, cool. Looks so is this, the, uh, is this the sober session? And for your finale, uh, uh, Logilogs finale, you're going all out <laughs> and getting That's... actually smashed uh, on the Logilogs. So it's a structured, controlled environment, as it always is. Mix of both. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're drinking Christmas beer. Was that was that fun enough for you, Ken? It's it's uh, it's it's a hol- it's a holiday, so it seems uh, suitable. So, um, mm-hmm. and and you you have uh, distinguished uh, palate, so you you gent. So, is there any no. is there any good no. like good good like distinct difference in the Christmas beer versus the beer you buy between January and November? Like, uh, is Christmas beer better? Or is it just Christmas beer, and you have it because it is so? Find out on the upcoming Christmas special of the Lager Yule Logs, airing sometime next week. Where, where you break down these taste sensations for us all. So I've just completely stolen Stu's intro. Stu, go, please. Shine the spotlight that way. Please, Ken. Thank <laughs> and, you. And, and this is what Stuart deals with uh, before editing. <laughs> like, me, me, yeah, me. That... I want to talk now. I want to talk now. That That's where right, editing yeah. comes in. Definitely. I haven't talked for 30 seconds. I'm here. I'm Tom. <laughs> And he is here. Hello, Tom. Hello. <laughs> nice and sweet, and let's uh, let's move on from that. Well, co- congratulations, regardless, guys. Uh, you're uh, you're uh, you're keeping the uh, train uh, rolling, and uh, it is actually quite an underrated uh, feat to keep a podcast going because it it may be a beer bo- beer podcast. It sounds like I've had a beer podcast, uh, <laughs> but it still uh, requires discipline and structure to uh, be a continual. Thing. and uh, not everybody has that uh, working discipline so congrats to you both cheers ken very nice hmm. to say you can stop lying now we want honesty that that was the scripted bit that i that, <laughs> that i didn't mean okay it just okay. says here i'm supposed to be nice so <laughs> thanks bud since we're on the subject of christmas drinks is there any uh yulmist on the table over there ken oh yeah i've got to inquire forgot you forgot? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Oh. It, it's a little. Li- I I won't go into it, but uh, I'm uh, I'm. It, it's going to take a while before I, I feel a bit uh, Christmassy again. I'm a bit too close to some personal matters that uh, took place uh, not too long ago that uh, makes Christmas a little bit sad. So, some some things have left my. Uh, it's a requisite, I agree, but uh, so some things have left my sort of uh, to do list uh, for now. And you you must. Uh, Happened to be one, but I'll I'll get it before Christmas. But I forgot to get it uh, before the show, so it's uh, it's water. I have water. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sexy, so sexy. But but yeah, that's a start. That's it's, a start. It, it, there, there was a reason I didn't want to or didn't have the stamina to do a Christmas podcast last year. So Tom was kind enough to step in because uh, my mind was a little bit preoccupied elsewhere with some personal stuff. But we won't get into it. But uh, cheers, Tom, for for that assist. That's all right, dude. I had a, had a great time doing it. You 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 did ever so well, and it was a fun uh, trivia session. Before we get to the trivia session and the reveal of the prize, uh, it's a show that is uh, coming out uh, this one uh, on the twenty third. I'm gonna well, once we're done, I'm um, I'm hitting the editing deck. So I thought I'll plug because it's now out. That uh, right now uh, released on the December thirteenth, uh, you can now go online to either eighty eight films, Amazon, or elsewhere to get. Jackie Chan's Armor of God on a deluxe two-disc Blu-ray edition. The reason I'm mentioning it is because it's it's cool that that movie is out again. But me and Phil G are part of the commentary trio on that one. There's three commentary tracks and me and Phil G are making our debut on the 88 Films Blu-ray label. 
Kenny and Phil. Oh, there we go. Stuart is in possession of it already. Stuart has already received his, indeed. I've got mm, mine on uh, I even the broke way. the plastic seal. I'm opening <laughs> this fucker. <laughs> you should have waited to put it on your YouTube channel, bud. Come on. Content, man. It, it, it's unboxing. It's unboxing content here. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's really, I mean, they, they got a new bunch of extras, archive extras. The second disc houses the international version of the film. That's about um, 10, 15 minutes uh, shorter. Postcards. It was really a, oh, wow. a long process to get it to your screen. So we did our commentary probably in February this year. Oh, okay. Um, and 88 Films have been working, I think, on just collecting it all until in that massive package, but also getting the transfer right and getting all audio options aligned and uh, correct. So uh, it's it's in our pass now, me and Phil G's, but. Uh, it, it's fun to see this end up in uh, the hands of uh, you consumers. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting some uh, remarks. We enjoyed what we put forth there. Our commentary was sort of structured as a mix of, obviously, actors' biographies, um, uh, trivia. We uh, break down what scenes uh, were cut from the international version, production stories from Jackie's uh, book, I bought uh, Never Give Up. The, one of his latest books, if not his latest uh, book. And, yeah, the new and, one. and there is some cracking production stories in there, including how they dealt with the leopard in Armor of God, which is a crazy story. Uh, there's a little scene at uh, when they arrive at the Count's mansion. They pass a leopard uh, there in the hallway. It's a cracking story that we share from the book, if you haven't read the book. And uh, we, we had good fun, and hopefully people will like our style, but we know we went at it with the right attitude. And uh, we were very... Um, Proud and happy with uh, how it went. And uh, we've subsequently recorded one commentary for the martial arts movie Monkey Kung Fu, not to be confused with Mad Monkey Kung Fu. It's coming out in February or March. And there's two more titles um, on the go, but they aren't announced yet. So 88 Films, uh, they've, uh, they've approved of our uh, of our style and uh, that we mix and match uh, trivia and, and factoids with uh, our review notes so it's really like a podcast but with a movie playing in front of us um, and that felt comfortable but it was still mighty challenging because uh, you want to get it right uh, and i know at least one error made it in there and i'll uh, so i'll uh, i'll be responsible for that but uh, but hey one isn't too bad i suppose and you haven't been able to sleep since <laughs> You know, you know what it is. Uh, you know, uh, Lola Forner, the leading uh, lady, the Spanish actress in Arm yeah. of God. She it mm-hmm. says that she's in Project A, and I haven't rewatched Project A in a long time. I ah. didn't for the show, and then people posted screen caps of her little bit role in Project A, and it's, I'm like, that's not her. That's totally not her. Uh, she, she's credited uh, in the role of Admiral's daughter, so it's a little, uh, a little role for a Westerner, and uh, that cap is so not Lola Forner. And uh, so it's like, that's an error that's been uh, on databases and such, but it's totally not her. No way. No way. I didn't know that. So that made it in there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'll own it. I'll own it, obviously. Uh, so, uh, hope you pick it up, guys. Uh, let us know if you listen to the commentary. If you're one of those persons who enjoy listening to commentaries or going for extras, uh, do let us know. Uh, honest and constructive uh, critique is always um, welcome. But uh, we're very happy and proud with uh, our efforts and. Uh, and it's uh, very fun that the disc is finally out. In a year where, obviously, COVID is slowing down uh, the manufacturing uh, schedules of a variety of products out there, whether movies, uh, uh, vinyl, uh, and uh, things like that. And the, this uh, was affected by that to a degree, but it really landed in a sweet spot date-wise, December 13th, so people can get it before um, 
before Christmas. So there, there, there it is. So I uh, hope you all like it. Good work, Ken. Proud of you, buddy. Thanks, and man. Phil. Yeah. I'll be happy to listen to audio commentaries once again. <laughs> it's, it's a reintroduction. Great. Yeah, skip all those other shit ones on the disc, Joe. I think the the fifth or sixth <laughs> one is the one you want to listen to. They're all good. Uh, the other guys on the, the other guys on the disc uh, are the sort of mainstays at ATF Films. Uh, Frank Jang does one. Mike Leader and Arnold Anima does one, and uh, me and Phil G um, pop up as the new duo on uh, the eighty-eight Films block. So new kids on the block, man. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, it, it's been funny though, as a final little uh, insight, that we we sort of estimated how, how long will it take to work on these things because I have a day job. Phil has well, he, he doesn't have a day job, but, but he has a, a schedule that means uh, night work and day work. You know, it's uh, it's uh, all over the place. But uh, essentially, he does as well. So therefore, you need to find time to get this done in a thorough fashion, and uh, because we we can't work it uh, work on it uh, day in and day out, and uh, we we sort of narrow it down to even when doing monkey kung fu, which is less uh, with uh, it isn't as stuffed with factoids as armor of god. It really takes about six to eight weeks or seven to nine weeks to get this done because. We, we have our days uh, and uh, then we have our schedules to be aligned and so forth. So we don't do this. We, we don't turn around these commentaries fast and uh, nor should you, in my opinion. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, even the one we just um, completed research on, it's a title that's not announced for 88 Films. It took about six or seven weeks for all the prep and all the films we needed to watch for prep. And we're now uh, trying to schedule a recording. So... Really, um, uh, they gave us a couple of titles. Do you want to do Chinese boxer? They asked us. Can you give it to us in two or three weeks? And I was like, no, it's it's impossible. It really is impossible. I'm sorry. I would have loved to done a Chinese, uh, the Chinese boxer. That's a quick turnaround. But but they got a, a a journalist whose name I don't remember uh, to do a commentary on that. So I'm looking forward to hear what that person brought uh, to the table in terms of that because uh, I, I got that Blu-ray as well. Sorry to interrupt. You are still doing a commentary for a man called Hero, aren't you? <laughs> I know it's not announced, but just share it with us. <laughs> the the, the, the Hour part uh, two. We didn't include it in the Eakin Hour uh, uh, show, but uh, but yeah, in the whole scheme of Eakin movies, uh, Paul, w- would you rate a man called Hero high, middle, low in terms of Eakin movies? Oh wow. Uh... Yeah, that was not a good movie, unfortunately. <laughs> it was, uh, and it, it comes from great source material, which is a shame, you know, like Storm Rider, so. Yeah, because you, you're really the prime audience for uh, for that thing. Um, you know, Andrew Lau, he can, he can um, comic book um, adaptations and things like that. Mm. But, they uh, can't do wrong. They can, they can, and they have. <laughs> they, they keep trying and always succeed, always out of the park. Remember the Jew? No. Uh, well, I remember Nick Chung's uh, silly facial hair, but uh, granted, I, I'm guessing that was uh, more of a holiday comedy than anything else. Uh, uh, he, he, after all was said and done, when we did Eakin Hour, he ended up in the plus column, so we, we officially like Eakin, and I do, but uh, not not across the board. You know, feel, hundred, <laughs> feel 100% type of hatred is in there. Not feel 100% again. Not seen, not keen. Feel 200%. <laughs> Good movie. Well, well, the third one wasn't the third one. Feel one hundred percent more. I feel like How you're. Is, it, is that mathematically possible? I don't, I don't know. I don't think it is. But it happened. So and if, if that had to get um, remade nowadays, it would have to be feel one hundred 
uh, consent. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not far off. Uh, like we, we, we can't encourage, we can't encourage physical physical contact in these things. Not one hundred percent of it either. The gem in that series, the discovery, I think, when we did the Ikenawa, is probably good by Mister Cool. I was very, very uh, impressed. Yeah. And I, primarily for Ikin, nice mature role. Uh, what happens when a triad gets out of a prison, has grown a bit older and is too uh, old, tired and, and too old for this shit. But then you have a director like Jingle Ma that I don't like either. It's on the same sort of level of Andrew Lau for me. Like, oh boy. But that was a great accomplished movie. Uh, so um, Has Jingle Ma ever done a Christmas film? Because you would think that would, you know, go hand in hand. I don't know, fly me to Polaris, possibly. <laughs> Let's look into it. Let's do deeper research into this. We need to. It, it, it's a it, it's a movie with the feels at the very least. But uh, fly me to Polaris is is out there. I think it was rated on Blu-ray just recently. In case people are fans of fans of that, Cecilia Chung and Richie Ren. Okay, guys. Let's uh, let's have some trivia fun, and uh, I'll try to make this uh, as easy as possible because uh, you all we all got a ch- shot to win. Uh, I structured it as I have always done, uh, five rounds, five questions each, in total uh, 25. Hong Kong, Japan, Korea, Hollywood, Japan, Korea, Hong Kong in one, and then a final round of uh, quotes in Korean and Chinese. (laughs) Now, shout out your name when you wish to answer. Skype doesn't allow for bus-in technology, necessarily. There's not not a dedicated button on your uh, keyboard that acts as a buzzer, so shout out your name when you wish to answer. Uh, one point per answer. If no one gets it, I'll allow uh, attempts at stealing, which is worth one point. And there will be a tiebreaker question if tied. And uh, there is, you know, we haven't always done prizes. I haven't always done um, the prizes, but uh, there is something um, to win here. And I try to make the, this inclusive and easy so everybody has a shot, as I said. So I try to pull questions from sort of our archive based on what the movies we've covered right uh, mm. but not just from this year but obviously uh, all types of years and all types of shows and i tried to make it simple based on that and include everyone so everyone got a chance to win not everybody is a winner though because there's only one grand prize which is and this ties in nicely to armor of god so it, it, it's not the blu-ray okay <laughs> oh. Oh. You're, you're getting rid of that book for research. <laughs> yeah, it's the sort of uh, it's the sort of holy grail of the the first research by Ken and Phil G. Framed uh, that uh, went into armor of God. No, but if you're the winner of the 2021 trivia contest, you will get sent by me and my tiny little hands Alan Tam's Lorelei album on vinyl LP pop album disc, <laughs> and God. that has songs from. Armor of God, including Lorelai and Midnight Rider. So I have that on LP. I'll be cutting and scratching with that <laughs> if I win. Laura, 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 Laura. It will be getting framed shortly after. Amazing. And it's Come not on even, now. It's not even the reissue. It's the original issue from uh, 1986 or 7. Because there is a reissue, a picture disc a reissue. But um, I went for the original vinyl LP pop album disc. There's high stakes now. Do you know what I mean? There's something to play for now. I feel excited. I feel rejuvenated. How's the um, how's the love for Alan Tam's um, canto pop career? Oh, I Paul, hate Paul, it. Paul, Paul. If we ask Paul first, <laughs> uh, like, are you into Alan Tam as a canto pop singer at all? Um, no. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> Come on, he's got a, he's a record-breaking counterpop artist. No, I mean, I know, I know that he's uh, you know, he still he still does concerts from time to time too, and he's Damn good right. at promoting young young enough up and comers, but uh, he's just no Andy. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to compete anyway. You're stuck here with us. <laughs> like, like, what movie did Chayun Fat do when he's a killer? Like, uh, God of Gamblers? No. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, I misspoke. I didn't win. <laughs> Let's have a good, good time, guys, and be uh, kind to your Lord uh, Quizmaster. And, uh, we have to. Yes, otherwise point deductions are um, are in, in, in my power uh, to do. So. Okay. So let's we we talked Hong Kong, we talked uh, Lorelai and uh, Midnight Rider and uh, all those iconic songs from uh, Armor of uh, God. So we'll we'll start with uh, the Hong Kong uh, category, and some of these are multiple quest, uh, uh, multiple choice. Not all are okay. So for instance, this first question, the the first real question, it is a multiple choice. So once you know the answer, and once you heard me finish reading the question, then call out your name, and I'll do the best to determine which one. Shouted it out first. So, question one in the Hong Kong category, 2021 Trivia Night. The Chinese New Year film season of 1990 contained the Chai and Fat comedy The Fun, The Luck and The Tycoon. That was loosely based on what American comedy starring Eddie Murphy? Paul. Yep. That was Paul. Uh, coming to America. That is correct. And would one say it's a full firm remake of it? Yeah, to a fair degree. Some plot beats are quite familiar, but it isn't copying each and every guy. There's no scene of Chai and Fat walking up, uh, waking up with uh, naked women washing his penis or anything. You know, they <laughs> they keep it... Uh... I wish there was. <laughs> so, uh, good one, Paul. Did you watch Coming to America, Paul? Yes, and I watched uh, Coming to America, and I'm hopeful that uh, Chai and Fat decides to do The Fun, The Luck, and The Tycoon too. <laughs> As a result, <laughs> you know, you hear these things when reboots happen, when sequels happen nowadays. People either complain rationally or irrationally. Oh, it's just fan service, same old repeated gags. What was coming to America like? Was it a new sequel or were they rehashing gags just to sort of play into like, remember that? Uh, it was a, it was a bit of both. I mean, for sure. Um, it, it was interesting because when I watched the the first one again prior to watching the sequel. I had forgotten, you know, just how adult, as you just mentioned, the, the first one kind of was. But the sequel kind of moves away from that. And it's not, you know, it, it's it's because he's got a family now and he's got kids. It's, you know, they, they, they move away from uh, some of the more adult gags the original had. Yeah, the, the first, I remember that, too. I uh, probably saw it once in the 80s then saw it 10, 15 years later. And I was like, oh, this is all rated. This was very all right, as it turns out. I did not remember that because uh, over here, I don't think it was rated for adults because um, we're, we're kind of progressive that way. It's like probably se- rated 7 or rated 11 over here. Hmm. Uh, when you saw um, Coming to America titled, uh, what was the title over here? A Prince in New York. So they retitled it. Uh, that, that instead, so I guess that fits. Cool. Do you guys uh, see that on Amazon when it popped up, uh, Stuart? Uh, or did you, you didn't have an interest in coming number two to America? No, yeah, I checked out because um, I loved the first one. So I was always like, right, let's see how it goes. And it, it was all right. It's kind of like you watch it once and then forget about it. Yeah. Free on streaming after all. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Give money to Bezos and he'll give you an adequate sequels to classics. 
<laughs> Seems like a good deal. Yeah, at least it wasn't premium streaming like 1999 for coming to America. Maybe, maybe yeah, aye. No, I would then expect my royal penis to be cleaned for that. Would <laughs> <point. laughs> like uh, get a spot on the next uh, Bezos uh, rocket to uh, to uh, to Mars or whatever. <laughs> I want to sit to uh, uh, sit next to the chat next time you go into space. Can I do that? There is a there is a documentary of that now on Amazon Prime, following Shatner as he gets ready and goes up on that. So oh my God, it's space, rocket man! It's so vast. <laughs> In space, uh, why not? I I like uh, I like the chat, so um, he can do no wrong. And he was nicely emotional afterwards, you know. So uh, it seemed uh, very human his experience. So for the low low price of um, x amount of million or billion. Okay, number two question number two uh, in the Hong Kong round. So in the seminal and influential one armed swordsman, Jimmy Wang Yu gave us the iconic role of the titular crippled hero. But who starred in the third film, a new one on Swordsman? Tom. Yes, go ahead, Tom. David Chang. You're correct, Tom. One point for Tom. Oh my. Complete. And then they both starred in uh, the the one on Swordsman, which is an awful, awful uh, movie. Bit of a stinker. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, it, it should have been great. Like both Jimmy and David in uh, in one, but uh, it being long and just dull. And uh, oh boy, it says that they both directed that, uh, which might not have been a great solution to have uh, both uh, both cripple heroes in there. But uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe it, it would seem. Have you seen that series, Stuart? Uh, the full one on Swordsman series, or just uh, the... no, uh, just the original and. I guess, like the Blade with Choi Min-chuk. Uh, Choi Hak's uh, not remake, but uh, one on Swordsman type of film. Mm. Yeah, aye. so aye, that's kind of the most I've seen. Like, I, I got the 88 films Blu-ray of, like, the original one. Mm. It's just, it's in, like, I watch Pile, Collecting Dust. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a good boy this year clearing out my two-watch uh, piles uh, fairly effectively, so I've tried to... Uh, uh, be a good economist in that regard uh, as much as I can anyway but uh, now they started to pile up again some pre-orders starting to uh, trickle in and so forth and uh, got a big Shaw Brothers Blu-ray box set coming in from Arrow uh, sometime soon because that big big uh, vol- volume one set is coming yeah. I was about to say the same thing uh, I got a notification saying my Shaw Brothers box set is out for delivery so nice. I might be gifted uh, 12 Shaw Brothers movies during the Christmas podcast We'll have to wait and see. There's some audio, nice. there's some audio CDs in that uh, set as well, uh, so uh, it's a, it's an audio visual experience. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Stu just swapped one bad habit for another by <laughs> having like a massive bad collection of beer now instead of DVDs. No, no, I finished the beer. We're good. Is the beer gone? <laughs> All nine cans of it. What? <laughs> Before the show. I thought you sounded a bit loosey-goosey, if I'm being honest, yeah. Tom mentioned that Stu uh, was going to do... Like, like back in the day, if you remember, Paul, uh, Stu had a, like, a, a little section on the podcast uh, where he uh, he said he wouldn't buy any more DVDs until he cleared out a particular pile, <laughs> and then he would have to uh, review uh, what he'd done that week on the show, and he did. Uh, so And now Tom said uh, he's essentially have to do the same thing with the beer. <laughs> to clear <laughs> out the beer. <laughs> It's, it's too much of it. It's got to be done. My backlogs are huge. <laughs> huge. My level, my liver's pickled. 
Oh man, tell me about it. I need a rest. <laughs> it's a dirty, it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it, right, Stuart? It is very dirty sometimes, yeah. And what what are all like a pile of just the crappiest beer imaginable, or, uh, or you you always have some gems lying about the place? She's got a nice mix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's unfiltered, so you get unexpected guests <laughs> in your in your brew. <laughs> very true, yeah. So, uh, are, are you exchanging uh, gifts uh, as logalogs? logs? Like, uh, I'll send you a beer, I'll send you a beer, like a special surprise package to each other. We, uh, we, we one are, of us yeah. had. Well, the Sue's still waiting for my gift to be sent. But yeah, you know, I'm a busy, busy man. But he's 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 on the <laughs> he's on the list in terms of priorities. Just somewhere in the middle <laughs> of January. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm sure you sent mine out last January, Stu. So I'll probably do the same. Uh, well, 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 while you ponder that and, um, and uh, make your Christmas beer uh, uh, shopping list for Stuart uh, and, and make it right, damn it, let's uh, move on to uh, the third question. And this is multiple choice. So uh, uh, here we go. In the Young and Dangerous movie universe, the makers decided to do spin-off movies for select characters, uh, including Jordan Chan's Chicken. He had a spin-off movie called Those Were the Days which was an English title Hong Kong filmmakers were very fond of. So how many movies were called, those were the days, uh, like if you search it on Hong Kong Movie Database, how many movies in English would you be able to find called, those were the days? Uh, so would it be five? Would it be ten? Or would it be seven? Stuart. Stuart. Five. That's incorrect, my friend. Mother. Tom. Tom. Seven. You're correct. Yes. There are seven. Those were the days movies. I've. I'm sorry to rob that one, Stu. That was a complete guess. <laughs> I, honestly, I was not familiar there with the spin And when the ne- number never came up, I said, "What well, has to be five? It can't oh. be that fucking daft." <clears throat> and ten is too daft. Offhand, I remember. Not all of them were obviously part of the Young and Dangerous universe. There were all types of different movies with that English title. One, I believe, was a drama about drugs by director Billy Tang of Running Killer, mm. Red to Kill fame. One was a, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. One was a time travel adventure with Dio Wong as Wong Jing Wai, which was a send-up of or mockery of Wong Kar Wai. Uh, because uh, he was sent back in time to meet uh, stars of old, uh, meaning stars of the 60s and so forth. Uh, so, Jeez, that's one of Andy Lau's catchphrases, though. It's Wong Jing, why? <laughs> why? Another script. Leave me alone. So uh, that was that, and then you had uh, Jordan Chan's uh, spin-off movie, and then I can't remember if I've seen any of the others. But do you remember seeing that, Paul, that uh, Day of Wong uh, time travel movie where he was totally Wong Kar Wai and they were sort of spitting on him and stomping on him. Yes, I I, I think I have that uh, on the disc I've seen. It's not, I mean, I'm not a huge Dale Wong fan, but it's one of his better films for sure. Yeah, when I saw Satan Returns back in the day, I saw what also Love HK Films saw because they quoted him in his review. Uh, Dae Wong's participation in that Donnie Yen movie. So, oh it, yeah, I've seen, I was I was thinking that he's at the Donnie Yen film because I've seen that. Not for ages. Yeah, so. he's got glasses. He's, he does character acting yeah. in, uh, in Satan Returns. <laughs> 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 but but for Dae Wong, like Love HK film said, and uh, probably uh, Koso wrote this. Uh, it, uh, it said also starring Dae Wong as the man who ruins the film. 
And yeah, Deo has been in in terms of what watching his comedic performances. He's he's an he's understated but entirely annoying. Despite he's not the uh, wild clown necessarily, but that's even more annoying. Uh, but uh, I remember liking that those were the days and picking up on some references, if I remember correctly, uh, maybe you too as well, Paul. Francis M plays Patrick Tse. Yeah, Nick Tse's dad. And uh, Maggie is Ma- Maggie is Connie Chan, is a, a, a kind of Connie Chan. And I think Xu Qi is um, uh, Josephine Xiao, Xiu Feng Feng. Yeah, so, yeah, so they go back yeah. to the 60s, which some of us are a little bit familiar with. So I, I certainly am not, uh, but uh, I'm aware of some of the faces that came out of that uh, but uh, but yeah uh, as we talked of on, on a show that uh, me and Paul and Kevin Ma recorded uh, at one point uh, Wong Kar Wai was sort of uh, it was open season on um, on him uh, to sort of uh, make a mockery out of him and uh, Wong Jing had a good time uh, doing so <laughs> but uh, he does so against uh, most people <laughs> that he feels uh, <laughs> there, there can be a gag built around and uh, it certainly was uh, okay so uh, we are moving forward fourth question in the Hong Kong route so in our versus series we talked of the Ching Su Dong starer Monkey Kung Fu which we have as I said recorded a, a commentary for but what was Sammo Hong's Monkey Kung Fu from the same year 1979 called Stuart. Stuart. Knockabout? That is correct. Stuart is on the board. Uh, nice one, Stuart. Good one, you. man. Good one, man. Yung Yu, Sam Hong, and uh, doing tomfoolery for half, an, half a movie, and then they break out Yung Yu's uh, kind of otherworldly acrobatic abilities and uh, learning monkey kung fu in the process from Sam Hong's uh, drunken master style beggar character. Uh, so. Uh, it was not a favorite watch of mine. I thought the comedy was quite grating, but when you see Yum Yu strut his stuff, you it, it's mind boggling uh, oh, yeah. what, mm-hmm. what that man oh, can yeah. do. And uh, Sam Hong introducing uh, introducing someone else to to our screens. He had done that with uh, Lam Ching Ying later. He did that with Cynthia Rothrock and things like that. So, so Sam was good at spotting talent either near and dear to him or something he discovered uh, during the rounds uh, in Hong Kong cinema. So. Uh, uh, so cool all are on the board and we conclude the Hong Kong round with the following question so in Choi Hak's Black Mask 2 we get an international cast of note such as Scott Atkins Tracy Lords John Polito and a man who's mostly known as a horror icon in a long-running film series and this is uh, a multiple choice question so who was that actor was it a uh, that actor who was in Black Mask 2 as well. So was it A, Robert Englund, who played Freddy Krueger, B, Tobin Bell, who played Jigsaw in the Saw series, or C, Tom. Or C, C. Brad Dourif, <laughs> Chucky from Child's Play? So, Tom. Yeah. B. Tobin Bell, okay, cool. You yeah. can have that one, but wait until I finish the question, okay? <laughs> oh, can we not just jump in? No. Oh, okay. But the thing is, you need to set a timer when you finish, because I don't know when you finished. You need to go like I don't have four hands. Now. I don't have four hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, right. so I'll let you off this one. It uh, it was pre saw. Um you know, Tobin Bell has a great look for saw, but um he can also appear very disinterested and he certainly looked disinterested to be in Black Mask too. We've done it for the show. I don't dislike it, but it's a trek to get to the okay, that was nuts type of bits. Um it's a 
strange follow-up with a very bland leading man. Scott Atkins is actually quite fun. as the, He's the one with the big cyberpunk uh, goggles. That's uh, Scott Atkins um, uh, behind those. Yeah, one of his early films, that was, wasn't yep. it? About, yeah. about second film after Extreme Challenge, which he uh, shot for Stephen Tongwai. So, uh, so I didn't dislike it. I mean, I'm not... I'm hugely into Black Mask 1, but it's a good time. Black Mask 2 is... It's okay, but you sort of need to be in the mindset of... Uh, that it's Drunk. fun to see. Well, yeah, but it's also fun to see Choi Hark play around visually, even in, in a low-budget fashion and doing wild and insane crazy stuff. And some of that is in there. But I realized, and I also understand why there isn't a great fandom for uh, Black Mask 2. So... Uh, uh, does anyone even remember seeing that? Even snip, even snippets of it, or that, or that's a movie for you, Paul, for instance, that just went in one ear and out the other. I, I remember it, and I, I mean, I remember Andy Hoy and some of the practical effects they had in there. Andy um, on, oh, sorry, Andy on, yeah, and and some of the practical effects they were using at the time. Not much else. You know, uh, the, uh, wrestlers who turned into monsters, that kind of thing. That was in there as well. <laughs> yeah, that's class. <laughs> I'm 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 sort of a shameless fan of when Choi Hark is just going nuts and um, doing random stuff, and that uh, that one fits the bill. I'm happy to return to it, but um, it uh, it's a good 30, 45 minutes or even an hour until it gets really good, which sounds doesn't sound good, but but yeah, I, I do like it. Uh, okay, after one round, Tom is leading the pack with three points. Stuart uh, is uh, trailing two points, meaning if we use math- mathematics, he's got one, and Paul also got one point. So it's still up for grabs, but um, uh, Tom, uh, even though he uh, is, uh, he, he should wait until I read all the uh, all the multiple choices. Patience has never been a virtue but uh, you were correct at the very least. So Thanks. it was like a worthy sort of save. Like at least you were correct. It's like, hey, Robert Englund, totally Robert Englund. I know, I know the answer. It's wrong. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be a good look, really. No, I'll give you at least half a second, Ken. Next time, I promise. You sit, you you sit there and like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys, let's move over to round two, and it uh, might not be our uh, forte, and that is uh, South Korean cinema. But I try to make this easy, nonetheless. So uh, some multiple choice and some questions that you might know offhand. So let's dive into Korea. I mean, Korea, in at least in terms of. Um, TV series is really uh, reigning um, streaming right now, obviously, uh, with uh, Squid Game and the likes. I mean, uh, throw a rock and you hit uh, something Squid Game Squid Game related. Not seen it personally. I'm not sure I'm in- currently into that sort of Battle Royale plotting. I think I've had my fill for a bit. I don't know why. Uh, but it's sort of... I'm not sure I'm into this story right now, so I'm going to take a pause for now. And Squid Game is going to be there for a while. It's not. Uh, it's obviously a Netflix series and not a temporary license. But uh, uh, did you guys uh, binge, binge Squid Game? If we start with you, Tom, or you, you don't have Netflix because you're a rebel that way. No, no, he just doesn't have a television. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh no, TV's you know for losers, complete losers. Um, read a book, kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, no, I kind of watched it on and off it was kind of in the background because the missus was watching it um but what i did see it seemed pretty good i think it does well with the tried and tested formula the kind of you know hunger games battle royale setup but yeah i mean i, I could see why the hype's there because it's doing something kind of new and different definitely with the kind of you, you know old material right. older material did you binge it Stuart? family viewing time yeah um over like the course of like maybe two weeks 
depend on like my wife's shift, so I couldn't progress through the story unless she was there with me. And we'd watch it. <laughs> Good deal. And yeah, great. I love the the concept. Uh, season finale left me shouting at my television. In sort of like, no, please season two. Or, Get on or... the fucking plane. Okay. Go. Spoilers. Jesus. <laughs> there's a plane in it i didn't want to know that <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's used for getting like, the rough edge off of wood get the plane for you paul i have a feeling that it's too many things to watch and squid game is is deselected for now or, or did you have an interest in it as a matter of fact oh no 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 it was uh um i want to say like probably a week after it it landed uh we watched it i was hesitant at first because with a background in, in stuff like Battle Royale and The Most Dangerous Game and 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 that kind of genre, I kind of knew what it was going in, uh, but my wife really wanted to watch it because of, you know, it was getting a lot of buzz in her circle. So we, we watched it, and it's only nine episodes, so I think we finished it, like, you know, within a week, and um, it was really good. I mean, even, even knowing kind of what to expect going in, I think the way that they did the storytelling, it, it had a... A, a good pace and there's some nice surprises in it and it's really about the characters that you end up following along um that that keeps it held together so for anybody who does you know is afraid that like oh you know i've seen hundred games i've seen battle royale i'd say you know give it a shot because the, the the characters are really what you end up kind of being led along with you know the performances are really really strong I, I do think it's like one episode too long because there's there's an episode where the towards the end where they kind of get into the all right, what's really going on here kind of thing. And it falls into the trap that so many um, Asian shows often do when they bring in non-Asian actors mm. <laughs> who are just not really good mm. <laughs> that it, it kind of slogs there for a little bit. But it's like only one episode and like, like nine episodes, you can breeze through it. Um, fairly smoothly I'm you know it it did such massive numbers for the year I mean it it raised it actually raised uh, Netflix's stock price that's how successful it was in terms mm. of their whatever their rating systems because they're not transparent with their ratings only when it's good they uh, they are happy yeah. to flaunt it, their ratings. it, it, it shot yeah. their stock price up so there's definitely already a a, uh, a season two in the works and I don't want to spoil anything, but I kind of don't want a season two because season one was so strong. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's going to be there for a while. And and and, you know, when you do get the the impetus to see it, I think you, you'll enjoy it. I watched uh, Kingdom and really enjoyed it. The, the Korean zombie series that, that is also Netflix series, considering uh, another zombie one. But they had some really clever and surprising touches and new rules to what you can expect out of a zombie apocalypse and it, it's a period uh, movie as well so it's not a, a modern thing with uh, where, where modern people have to survive uh, the zombies really good stuff i mentioned kingdom and i mentioned squid game because it's it's baked in this first question in the korean uh, category so here we go uh, although everyone is talking about squid game the last korean tv series i watched was the period zombie epic kingdom that co-stars uh, female actress Bae Donna, and she is no stranger to the late 90s early 2000s horror and thriller output from korea including playing a pivotal part in 1999's the ring virus what film is that a remake of paul sure. i heard paul first i'm sorry uh, the Ring? Yeah, correct. It's a remake of the Japanese Ring. 
That was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> she plays the um, Sadako of that one, so she is she's the she's the monster in the well, so to say, in the TV. But uh, you you can see her face a little bit, so it's a very early role for Bedona. She's in Bong Joon-ho's first movie, Barking Dogs Never Bite, and she's been in a couple of Western movies. I want to say one of the Wachowski movies with Tom Hanks. Cloud Atlas. Yes, Cloud Atlas. I think Bedona is in that one. Maybe playing multiple roles like Tom Hanks did in that one. Uh, but yeah, she's in the Kingdom, and uh, she's really good. And uh, I recommend it. Uh, the Ring Virus is—it's uh, clearly patent, uh, like like it takes its cues from the Japanese movie, but veers off a little bit on its own and taking cues from the book too. But it really is a remake. Uh, so um, and, and a solid one at that. Uh, so uh, a year after uh, Korea uh, remade uh, remade Ring. Since since you brought up the the Wachowski name. Uh... Kenneth, are you like uh, stoked for the new Matrix? No, really. I mean, I wasn't stoked about the se- <laughs> second and third. I got lost. I don't. I don't know what ha- yeah. what's happening in that story universe. I- I'd be happy to see it. Maybe it's good and standalone for people who are like what's going on here, especially watching the third. No idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. Uh, may- maybe it'll be standalone because uh, standalone because everything seems to be start over. Neo doesn't seem like he remembers being Neo anymore, and. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know. It, it's uh, it, it's not a priority, to be honest. It'll probably be like a lot of the sequels to older films these days, where it'll be kind of half soft, unofficial reboot, and then half fan service is what I'm assuming from it. Kind of best of both worlds, really, is what they'll shoot for. And uh, I guess, um, if I understood correctly, it's, it's obviously getting a cinema release, but it's getting uh, not a premium streaming release on HBO Max. It, it's available to any uh, subscriber uh, of HBO Max uh, after a little while, so ah, I you, know, know that. you know it's gonna you, you're gonna be able to uh, pop it in and uh, and watch it, but uh, not really. I mean, what about you, Paul? Are, are you stoked? Or you've had your Matrix uh, uh, fill? Uh, no, I love Keanu, so I'm. I mean, I'm not expecting greatness, but I'm happy to see it. So, mm. whoa, I'm Neo. <laughs> <laughs> you've been practicing that, Ken. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping like they they really flip the script and like there's a moment where he uh, encounters different versions of himself, you know, like a Ooh. John Wick version. And a, you know, <laughs> uh, cool, yeah. Whoa, that guy's angry. His dog is dead. Whoa. <laughs> uh, OK, OK. Uh, let's move on to the second question in the Korea round. A bit tricky, perhaps, but uh, let's see if um, anyone can um, find something in their memory bank. Yeah. Uh, it's not multiple choice, but um, there, there's six different types of answers <laughs> available to you. So let me explain or ask the question. One of Korean cinema's early successes into horror sparked a series that continues to this day. It's unconnected, but always set in a school for girls. So can you name one of the so far six entries in this series? A school for girls, ghost school horror series out of Korea. Stuart. Stuart. Whispering Corridors? That is correct. That's ah. one of the entries in the Whispering Corridors or or school Ghost School Horror series. Uh, the others were, let me just uh, write down the point, the others were Memento Mori, Wishing Stairs, Voice, A Blood Pledge, and uh, just this year, the sixth entry was released called The Humming. Uh, they, they were sort of mainstays of uh, the first one, uh, the first four ones got taught on UK releases. I'm thinking you remember sort of mm. either having or seeing 
that uh, on shelves or maybe even owning at one point a whispering corridors. I don't know. Oh no, I was lettered across the shelves of like blockbusters when you look at like the Asia Extreme section. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it back in the day. They, they were very good for um, additional social commentary and sort of, so to say, controversial content. The first one uh, criticized the treatment by authority figures um, uh, of the girls. The second one had a distinct uh, LGBT. Uh, LGBT content which got, got them into trouble with censors they delivered a two hour movie 20-30 uh, minutes was taken out of the movie um, and the other ones hinted at it but uh, tried different routes n- not to get into trouble all the time And but, but all of them are good except Blood Pledge which I thought was really um, average um, and ordinary but um, they're good films, uh, Voice is probably my favourite, the fourth one it's a good one, the, the sixth one. They, uh, uh, we, we, we've seen it for what's going on cinema. It's not been widely released, but we had access to it. But uh, I was surprised. They, they, the series had a little bit of a, a hiatus uh, of 11 years. Normally they made them two or three years apart, four or five years apart. But that, that one um, took 11 years, so to say, to get the screens. And uh, I thought it was quite, um, quite worth it. Also worth mentioning that that series always had a debut director or directors at the helm. The producer ah. of that series favoured bringing new people uh, to stand behind the camera and also in front of the camera. A lot of actresses got their start in these um, series. So it was a nice breeding ground for talent, uh, including some some that are still um, uh, making the rounds in uh, Korean cinema uh, to this day. Third question in the Korean round. In what Marvel movie can we find Train to Busan's Ma Dong-seok, a.k.a. Don Lee? Stuart. Stuart? The Eternals? That is correct. Stuart gets a second Korean question. Probably qu- uh, probably credited as uh, Don Lee, I'm, I'm guessing. He's a Korean-American, so he's, uh, he's uh, countable sliding into an English-language role. Um, are you Marvel, Marvel nuts, so you went out and saw Eternals as soon as they opened? Or? No, that's the only one I haven't seen. The it, trendiest like, I'm, superhero I'm, film of the year. <laughs> picking, my, picking my battles uh, with the pandemic. Like, it's the right... If I want, if I'm going to get Omicron, I may as well be with Spider-Man, not with the yeah, Eternals. I agree, I 100% agree. And uh, I believe Eternals is going to be on Disney Plus in January anyway, so my patience will pay off. What What about you, Paulie? Is that still uh, you weighing those options as well? Do I want to go out in in a raging pandemic to uh, to see a particular movie, including the Eternals, or what was their reasoning? No, I actually got to see it um, because we took a Disney cruise recently and we had to we all had to be vaccinated except for the kids and the kids and us had to do two different COVID tests um, a week before and then the day of boarding at the port to get on to be allowed on the ship. And so on the ship, they were they had a, um, a you know, full size movie theater and they were showing uh, current run movies including Eternals and Encanto. We had to wear masks in the cinema still and they had distance seating. So I felt pretty safe going back to the cinema for those uh, those two shows. And uh, it was fine. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a Marvel entry. It's very different in some ways in what it does um, because of, you know, the director in charge. It's, I don't think it's going to rank up there as, you know, among, among the best of uh, the Marvel films, but it's got such a diverse cast. It's really nice to see. Um, some of the players who are now in that universe. 
Do you remember Don Lee's participation being a standout of any kind? Oh no. yeah, he's got he's he's got a pretty major role, and uh, he's a he's a fun character um, to see. I mean, they use him as you would expect them to use him, especially if you've seen how he's been used in Korean cinema. So you know that's fine, but uh, they also give him some some funny bits um, and some humor to carry as well, which is good. Very good actor. Train to Busan, obviously, The Outlaws, I would recommend um, if you want to see uh, another uh, Madong Siok joint. Um, the Outlaws is good to just see him smack people down hard. Just walk into a crowd and boom, smack, and then continue walking, talking on his phone. But it's it's uh, unfortunately, unlike the, you know, the guys over, over there on your side of the pond, um, I've I've had to prevent myself um, despite my desire from going out and watching Spider-Man because of Omicron, because the there's no mask wearing man. There's no mask mandate. There's no social distancing currently uh-huh. at the at theaters in Florida. And I, with the little ones, I just don't want to, I mean, my daughter's just gotten her second vaccine shot, but my, my son is too young and I just don't want to take the chance on bringing it home and, and giving it to him, even though, you mm-hmm. know, it could be, it could be a you know a minor variant, as everybody's saying, you know. But I don't want to make him sick. Yeah, I don't even want to give him the regular flu. So yeah. I'll wait. I mean, it's it's not going to go to Disney Plus for over a no, year, it's, it's, um, but it might go Sony to Stars um, because it's a Sony it's a Sony joint. So but it will, but it will it have a regular digital release that you pay for. It will be on iTunes eventually. Yes, obviously. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah, I'm just gonna bite the bullet and wait and hopefully not see any spoilers. Mm. Very good. Very good. And uh, good responsible thinking. Um, uh, fourth question in the uh, Korean round. Uh, doggy poo. Is what? An, <laughs> <laughs> doggy poo is an acclaimed Korean short film. And this is multiple choice. So le- let me read all the options before you jump in. So, <laughs> so Doggy Poo is an acclaimed Korean short film. What technique was mainly used to get it made? Was it A, live action and 2D animation, B, stop motion animation, or C, fully CG, like a like a Pixar film? Stuart. Stuart? C? That's incorrect. Tom. Tom. B? B, stop motion animation. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The little, the little doggy poo in stop motion animation form. <laughs> that must have been difficult. It, it's it's a demanding process, uh, regardless, you know, for full film, Jesus, for for short film, I'm sure that's uh, that was uh, hugely difficult. But it's a very it's a very fun and uh, a good Korean short film, uh, acclaimed one as well. Uh, they they use some CG for some environmental stuff, but uh, like uh, water, trees, and whatever. But mainly, it's a stop motion animation film, totally old school in that way, and uh, it, it's good. It was released both in Korea and US on DVD, so uh, because it's a it is a children's friendly film it's not a dark allegory for something else but but it is a children's friendly film so interesting uh we we've uh i mentioned it because we did a korean short film coverage on the what's korean cinema uh, back in the day so uh, so that included doggy poo uh, and the final question in the because it must it, it must be in there. Doggy Poo must make a podcast. We, we watch a lot of Wallace and Gromit in this household, so I just have this image of Gromit, like, you know, with his fists on his hips and standing looking down at a pile of poo. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently you can polish your turd. <laughs> so the fifth and final question of the Korean round. Um, this is not multiple choice, but it has m- multiple answers that you have to pull from your memory. So name... Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, you need to provide uh, three 
answers, uh, and uh, you'll get this. So, name the films in the Vengeance trilogy. Stuart. Stuart. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. That's one. Old Boy. That's two. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And that's three. He's correct. I went for the asterisk. What's the catch? Yeah, I, I think the question was so easy. I I, I kind of overthought it. <laughs> I thought there was. I thought there was. And that's catch. what differentiates good players from bad players. <laughs> mm. I know this is my now. first quiz, but I don't want you to take it easy on me. <laughs> I still rank uh, Mr. Vengeance uh, the highest out of those three. I rewatched it a few uh, years ago. I think it's uh, uh, she's in it. Bedouin is in that. She plays the, the girlfriend of uh, Shin, uh, Shin Hakun's uh, deaf and mute character. That's her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes through some horrible torture in that one. It's bleak. It's bleak, but mm-hmm. it's probably the most potent of the three. Uh, was never a great fan of Old Boy all throughout. I, I, I my interest waned, and uh, Lady Vengeance was a bit too abstract for me. I remember I didn't get it. Mm. Uh, so Mr. Vengeance is the one that um, uh, ranks more high. But but no, not a pleasant watch, um, and not fair in any way. But this is the nature of Vengeance, I suppose. So. Uh, but still strong, very strong. Um, so after two rounds, we got uh, Paul on two points. Still plenty of time to uh, gain some points and uh, pass uh, the other boys. But the logger logs are tied with four <laughs> points each. <laughs> oh, head to head. Come on. Is the next ca- next next category logger? <laughs> no, because I don't know anything about it. So I can't, uh, I can't, do, I can't do anything. And next category is Japan. A variety of uh, Japanese uh, cinema related questions. Uh, so Asahi related yeah. questions. Almost all of them are multiple choice because, um, yeah, so uh, this uh, will be uh, clear. But uh, Japan and anime and real movies will be touched upon, even monster movies. So it's a it's the mixture of everything uh, you would want out of Japanese cinema, I suppose. Uh, so it, it's a bit of a long question, but uh, you'll get it. Uh, we uh, we did an episode. Uh, well, well, last few years we've done. Japan on Fire episodes looking at OG and classic anime, you know, the first anime ever ever made, the first uh, video animation and so forth, first color anime, uh, but also classic uh, sort of cult anime, and that included an episode on Fist of the North Star that me and Paul Fox uh, did. So when we went through it, uh, it obviously was a movie that had uh, uh, video games attached to it as well. It had video game tie-ins uh, in Japan. Um, uh, that then came to the West with a different coat of paint. So, for instance, the 1986 uh, game uh, called Hokoto no Ken was released for the for the equivalent of the Sega Master System in Japan. Uh, it was a side-scrolling uh, action game and then was released as Black Belt internationally. And it didn't have the license attached to it. So it was, it was redrawn and altered. Uh, the 1989 game called Hokoto no Ken for the Mega Drive also came to the West with changes in the same vein, meaning the license wasn't attached to it. What was this game called? And the multiple Tom, choices. Multiple choices go goes as okay. follows. <laughs> Down boy. So what exactly? So the nineteen eighty nine game for the Mega Drive <laughs> that came to the West with changes in the same vein, including a new title. What was it? What was this uh, title? Was it A. Fist Battle, B. Battle of the Supreme Star, or C. Last Battle? Tom. Tom. Last Battle. Correct. You knew that offhand, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that one coming. I was trying not to look before I try not to leap before I looked, Kenny, on that one. 
excitement can get you good places, meaning you you should jump into questions quick. But the multiple choice ones, you have to put, put a, it's hard. It's r- hard. Restrain yourself. So so is that like uh, played at hours on end after school kind of thing, or you just know of lost battles sort of? Uh, no, just big big fan of the franchise, and I did play that one year back in the day, and then obviously found out about its connections to uh, Fist and Lost. I mean, it isn't afterwards. even gory. Either. I think they reduced no, no, the they, gore. No, no, they took all the all the gore out of it. Yeah, it's really kind of diluted. But it's it's not a game. It's still pretty fun. Uh, okay, so the second question in the Japan round, um, we touch upon uh, the issue of original video animations. Uh, also, multiple questions, so um, everyone has got a chance. So, the first original video animation that was released in Japan was something called Dalos, co-directed by the director of Pat Labor and Ghost in the Shell, uh, Mamoru Oshii. But which one of the following films is not? a Mamoru Oshii film. So, is that A. Gom Wars, The Lost Druid B. Assault Girls C. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, Chapter 1 It's a bit of a mouthful. Which one of those is not a Mamoru Oshii film? Stuart. Stuart? B. That's incorrect. There it is. Tom. Tom. C. That's correct. It's not a Mamoru Oshii film. Okay, jeez. But but uh, let's turn to Paul, not for a bonus point, but do you know who made JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable Chapter 1? <laughs> you don't have to keep saying it again. You can shorten it down if you want, man. That was the full title. I took it from the internet. Uh, I, I do not, know. Takashi Miike. Oh, that was... oh, really? Is that yeah. live action then, or is it? It's based on the. I took this from the, the internet as well. It's based on the Diamond Is Unbreakable story arc of the manga series JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But it's animated. Uh, or it, uh, it originally was, and an a manga, but uh, this is live action. Ah, interesting. I, I know that. Haven't heard of it, Paul. You, you with your. Uh, I know, interest. I know the series is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but I've never delved into it because it's got a. It's got a different kind of art style that just doesn't appeal to me that much. What was Aiken? What, what, what film is that? G- Garm Wars the Lost Druid. It's a, Gun it's War. Garm. G-A-R-M. I don't know what it means. Uh, Gunarm. Uh, we, we, uh, which is a, uh, an Oshii film. Assault Girls is, and I've seen that, it's terrible. Uh, it's like an on, sort of sort of like a virtual reality film. Some girls fighting an online game type of uh, nonsense. It was shot in English, Assault Girls. I, I felt so sad for the girls who clearly you know, obviously I had to learn it phonetically and deal with it yeah. as best they could so uh, it's kind of a uh, uh, suryaki western Django type of situation speaking of Mike, where where they let their, everyone speak English because it'll be cool interesting deep diving into the filmography there but uh, I hadn't heard of those two uh, I haven't seen Gom Wars um, but, uh, but yeah I'm a big fan of Oshi and uh, live action or not uh, live action uh, okay, okay. Uh, congratulations on winning that question. Uh, third, Pure luck. <laughs> well, th- that's what multiple choice is also for. <laughs> so the third question in the Japan round in one of my favorite Studio Ghibli films, My Name is the Yamadas. We follow said family in animated short and skit form. It's not really a full narrative. But who is the lead actor, i.e. Who plays the dad for the English dub? And this is multiple choice. And remember, uh, it's Disney, so they got name talent. So was it A, Jim Belushi, who played the dad? B, Billy Crystal, who played the dad? Or C, Patton Oswalt? Stuart. Tom. Sure. I heard Stuart first in my ears. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's A. Jim Belushi. You're right. Nice one, man. 
All right. And I have to That's say, despite being a, a Japanese story, very uh, connected to Japanese family values and so forth, that dub is excellent. Uh, they really did a job on that one. I think all the Studio Ghibli ones are pretty good, to be honest. They always get the, the top tier cast members. And they even for a, a smaller one like that, it's not a spectacle. It's not a Miyazaki spectacle or anything. Billy Crystal is in one of Miyazaki's movies. I want to say... Howl's. Howl's Moving Castle. Didn't, is it? Uh, didn't he play like a fireball uh, or something like that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> ah. It's, that's a good way of uh, getting the, the children, Paul, to, to watch uh, classic uh, Japanese uh, anime because you have those dubs, but they're also sort of uh, their quality. No, I, 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 I make them watch the Japanese. You read, you read, <laughs> damn it. You <laughs> punks. <laughs> but no, I recommend it with, uh, uh, he's really good. I think Molly Shannon plays uh, the, uh, the wife, the mother. Uh, one of the fanning girls, I don't know which one, Ellie, possibly, is uh, one of the kids in that one. So uh, when they were really, really little. Uh, so uh, so I recommended my name is the Yamadas for, for the dub alone. Fourth question in the Japan round. Let's go monster on you. So the return of Godzilla from 1984 was acquired for distribution in North America and released as Godzilla 1985. So <laughs> you can, you can hmm, when did it come out? Hmm. Uh, it added scenes with an American actor in the editing process. And this is multiple choice. So who was this actor? That was added to the return of Godzilla, but released as Godzilla 1985. Was it A. Steve Martin, B. Leslie Nielsen, or C. Raymond Burr? Tom. Oh. I heard Paul first in my ears. Oh. C. Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr, correct. Making a return to the Godzilla series. So, so yeah, he was in. He was in Godzilla 1954, the original uh, King of the Monsters re-edit, and came back for uh, for for that one, playing a character called. Steve Martin. What? <laughs> yeah, his character name was Steve Martin. So, it, is it? I can't remember that. That's interesting. Carried that over, obviously. So, that, that was my way of trying to to, uh, to trip you. Uh, trip that you was up. nice. Nice. But, Good but, work, my friend. But apparently, Leslie Nielsen, uh, looking up some trivia for the movie, had a connection to a production of Godzilla 1985 because they planned to rewrite the dialogue in order to turn the film into a tongue in cheek comedy in the vein of What's Up, Tiger Lily? And they, oh. they were eyeing uh, Leslie Nielsen, but Raymond Burr expressed displeasure at the idea because uh, he was taking the nuclear metaphor of Godzilla seriously and didn't think it was appropriate to um, to do a gag out of it all. It's serious. Yeah, it's one of the most serious ones of the franchise, obviously being a, a remake of the original. I suppose it, it had to be. I, I do remember they, they, they weren't joking around uh, all across uh, the board a la Gamera, making it for children mm. and making... Uh, those movies uh, a laugh, but uh, but yeah. So uh, apparently uh, that was that was an idea of sorts. Nice pull, man. That was good. So the final one. Um, have to draw from memory. No uh, multiple choice. So here we go. One of Japanese cinema's greatest enduring director-actor collaborations would arguably have to be that of uh, in between Akira Kurosawa and star Toshiro Mifune. Can you name three of their movies together? Sure. Yes. Uh, Seven Samurai. That's one. Sanjuro. That's two. And 
Your Jimbo? Correct. That's free. Nice one, man. That was good. Nice one, bud. 16, apparently, according to IMDb. Oh, not surprised. And not just Samurai movies. Um, you know, Scandal, Drunken Angel, I Live in Fear. Movies I haven't heard of, really. Um, uh, the Lower Depths. They uh, they had a collaboration going on that of note. That's uh, the round concluded. And uh, if my calculations uh, are correct, uh, hopefully they are. Uh, Paul is on 85 points. No. Um, what? <laughs> It's a tight competition still. Don't, don't be discouraged, uh, Paul. You you still got this. You can turn this around with the quotes and the Hollywood, uh, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan mixed round that we're going to do now. Hollywood, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan, a mixed round. I like to do these uh, things a little bit uh, free-flowing, I suppose, um, because um, Hollywood and Japan and Hollywood and Hong Kong, they do, uh, they do play together, do co-productions and so forth. But... Uh, these are the questions, these are the topics I picked for you. So, question one in this mixed round. When making his US debut, Hot Target, uh, John Woo had eyes on him. And Universal assigned a horror director to possibly step in if the action master couldn't navigate himself around an English language film. What was the name of that director? Stuart. Yes. Toby Hooper? No, that's incorrect. So who was around? I think he's a producer on the film as well. But who was around to take over? Oh, John Tom, yeah. Sam Raimi. That's right, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead's Sam Raimi. But he didn't like. He didn't like that Universal had this little faith faith in uh, in John. It's like let him do his do his shit, man. Yeah, I had that somewhere in the back of my mind. It was there. Uh, I got it. And uh, Ted Raimi, his brother, cameos in the film. So it's like if Sam is around, Ted is around. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Ted's uh, here for catering. Yeah, he, uh, I think uh, he's uh, one of the uh, victims they're chasing. Uh, he bumps into Ted at one point. And he's like, get off me, man. And um, that's his little cameo. So, <laughs> ching. That's a sad card for another year. <laughs> well, uh, you, you can see him probably. I mean, you, you're a big fan of those uh, those TV series they did, Paul, uh, Hercules and Cena and so forth. Uh, that, that was like a Raimi family, uh, not Raimi family joint, but uh, obviously you had Sam there and uh, Bruce Campbell was in it. Ted Raimi must have. Oh yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty major uh, recurring character um, called Joxer, and I don't know if he was Joxrap? if if he's no. Joxer. Yeah, he was kind of <laughs> like this thief comic comic relief character. I don't remember if he started on the Hercules side or the Xena side, but he ended up being on both shows over time. Mm. Yeah, so um, he he always puts his uh, if uh, if it applies, he always puts his. Uh, his car in his movies uh, what he deems to be the classic but it's apparently a piece of junk according to bruce campbell that's always in sam raimi's movies if uh, if it applies obviously not in hercules but uh that that's a territorial trademark that that's uh that needs to be in evil dead it needs to be in spider-man and uh, and uh, even a simple plan movies like that so mm. we can look forward to it showing up in the the next doctor strange movie uh is sam raimi doing that yeah, I think it's got ah, more know. of a, a horror edge. What's it? Okay. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Ah. Yep. Train keeps rolling. Marvel is not done. Uh, just had a Doctor Strange film uh, because he's in Spider-Man uh, to a large degree. I uh, I mm-hmm. saw in one of the trailers. It doesn't interest me personally, but um, there you go. Uh, second question in the mixed round. Korean director Park Chan-wook's 2013 psychological thriller Stoker was produced by, among other companies, Scott Free Productions. 
what duo of brothers, who are also filmmakers, founded this production company? Tom. Tom. Ridley and Tony Scott. There you go. Tom is on a roll. Sadly, um, Tony Scott's lost work mm. on a movie before he died. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't pursue Stoker either just because I, I didn't uh, it doesn't seem like the most generic horror thing to give to a Korean director who wasn't necessarily known for horror um, and I've heard some mixed things about Stoker some some, some, some think it's uh, like uh, looks fantastic and is such a great thing for Park Chan-wook but uh, uh, I simply haven't uh, but uh, it's it's out there I have more interesting things like he did a uh, he did a TV series for the BBC I think with one of the Skarsgård kids, uh, Alexander. Uh, I forgot the name of it just because I, I just thought of it right now. But that was like, yeah, cool. From Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance to a television series for the BBC and probably getting a, a decent amount of freedom uh, doing so. So Yeah. yeah. So that, awesome. that uh, would be... Uh, uh, like I want to say it, it has something like Matchstick Girl in it, but I don't think that's right. I think, was it not Little Drummer Boy or something? I think that's it. Or Little Drummer Boy or Little Drummer Girl. Uh, so, mm. uh, so that's uh, that's out there in the TV land somewhere. Uh, okay, well done, well done. Uh, speaking of Ridley, which iconic Japanese actor co-starred with Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia in 1989's Black Rain? Was it A, Toshiro Mifune, K- uh, B, Ken Takakura, or C, Tatsuya Nakedai? Um. Sure. Stuart? A? Toshiro Mifune, that's incorrect, I'm afraid. Okay. Tom? Yeah? B, Kentucky. That's correct. He's getting all the points here. He's running away with it. But uh, that's a good uh, good lad for knowing that or taking a chance on it. (laughs) Well, I I did revise last night. (laughs) Some Wikipedia for Black rain will come to the (laughs) forefront. Uh, Well done, well done, well done. He's uh, he's the leader and then some of points here. So... uh, Sharpen up your skills, lads, and uh, let's uh, continue the uh, the mixed round here. Parasites, uh, Bong Joon-ho made his English debut with uh, in 2013 uh, with uh, Snowpiercer. Which Avenger stars in it? Stuart Paul. That was Stuart. Uh, Chris Evans, Captain America. Yes, that's correct. Correct. Nice. Good one, man. Uh, he's correct. Not seen Snowpiercer either, but um, no, me neither. That's, I've, I've heard it. I, I mean, I'm sure it's pretty cool and uh, cool that he got to mix his uh, mix his uh, regular cast with um, an English language uh, sort of thing and uh, mm. based on a graphic novel, I think, and uh, sort of action tinted. But uh, I'm sure it's. Uh, it didn't again. It didn't look like a like I haven't seen The Last Stand, but when Kim Ji Woon got The Last Stand, it was like. They're going to give the guy who made Tale of Two Sisters and other acclaimed movies an Arnold movie. It, 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 it's just, why, why don't you play to their strengths a little bit more? The Lost Stand might be decent enough as an Arnold movie, but you, you don't associate it with uh, the guy who made The Good, Bad, and The Weird, necessarily. So. Yeah, not the most natural choice, but I think he did, I think he did well with that film. It's a fun film. Okay, the final question in the mixed round, and then we have the quotes uh, to round this um, round off this uh, trivia night. So, what plots uh, like, like from what um, movie uh, is uh, this uh, plot from? Which uh, movie uh, does this plot match? So uh, it's a 2019 live action uh, movie. A deactivated cyborg revived, but can't remember anything of her past, and goes on a quest to find out who she is. 2019 live action Tom. remake. Yes. 
Is it under the skin? Nope. It's it's a live action remake of an anime. For God's oh, sake. Oh, oh, well, 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 you had your chance, Tom. So I'm sorry, Paul. You, <gasps> you. Ghost in the Shell. No, that's incorrect. So, de- so Stuart, a deactivated cyborgs revived but can't remember anything of her past and goes on a quest to find out who she is. Live action remake of an anime, Stuart. Can I have to go hey. after you? Sure, but there will be no points though. There will be no points though. Okay. I think If you're struggling, oh, I can man. give you the director I'm... that was involved with it. Uh, Robert Rodriguez was involved with it. Oh shit. Uh, Attila the Battle Angel. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Alita. But, but yeah, you're thinking of the right one. <laughs> no, nah, that's it. Don't give me the point, but... Sure, if you want to be honest about it, sure. sure. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I would, no, I would that, have. That's it. Like, <laughs> the, the, the director like that gave it away, but no. Sure. If you said at the start, fair I've enough. I've seen the anime twice, but um, never pursued the live action uh, one. I wasn't terribly fond of the anime. It's cool, it has cool design, but maybe the English dub made it a little bit less so for me but uh it's a two-part anime i believe paul uh, a two-part video animation so it makes it a movie i think but uh do, do you have fond memories of watching alita battle angel uh paul fox or that's um... i did i did not watch the anime i read all the manga oh, okay, okay cool. I, i've seen the i've seen the live action movie which a lot of people liked but um i was kind of disappointed the way they kind of rushed through things and kind of added some things um but um i love the manga a lot yeah uh, I think it uh, came and went as well, so that's uh, why uh, you're probably not going to get um, an anime adaptation anytime soon. They seem to not work out. Ghost in the Shell was like, Ugh. and uh, they're trying with Akira. I'm sure they still are. But, uh, ages with that, yeah. yeah. Well, Cowboy Bebop just uh, got non-renewed, also, mm. so that's bad mm. news. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what what it takes to get it fully right, uh, but. Um, uh, if Alita was, uh, um, you know, they, they had some technical eyes uh, on it. Uh, it wasn't James Cameron on it, uh, not as director, but uh, he was on it to sort of produce yeah, or write or like, something yeah. like that. Yeah, For maybe producing, and he was like in all involved in all of like the marketing, mm. like just kind of showing up saying, "I've put my stamp on it. Where's my check?" <laughs> well, at least at least with the Alita movie, they really went for it in terms of like budget and stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, like with Netflix and Cowboy Bebop, I'm like. They just really lowballed it. I mean, how are you going to take something? There, there's rumors. I don't know if they're true that Netflix has acquired uh, One Piece. I'm like, how are you possibly going to do that with a with a Netflix style budget? Unless you're really willing to take your billions of dollars you've made during the pandemic and and just take a chance on it. Fans mm-hmm. are just going to be really upset if you lowball it. So what what's the design challenge there? Is it a big sci-fi thing? Vast world? It's or? it's sci-fi, but it's fantasy-ish and it's like pirates and you know it's you're you're talking you know uh, being at at sea and it's a very kind of unique world you know it would be like them trying to do the 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 pirates of the caribbean movies but with a slightly more modern-esque slightly sci-fi-ish spin i just don't see the way that netflix has been doing the budgets um I don't really see them taking a, as much of a chance budget-wise as they need to. I mean, I'm only a couple episodes into the new season of The Witcher, and I love The Witcher, but even here too, it's like I know they're trying to go for Game of Thrones, but they're, they've obviously upped the budget from the first season, but they're not really there. Starring uh, everyone's favorite note, Henry Cavill. And he's there to sort of be the advisor as well. I saw an interview with him that where they asked, like, you, you know this stuff, so did you correct people on set? Well... 
I, here and there, I sort of needed to point people in the right direction to follow follow the game properly and the design choices properly. So everyone's favorite nerd, Henry Cavill, is uh, is there to set things straight. <laughs> but uh, but I love him for it. He's a uh, he's a uh, he's done like uh, viral videos of uh, him doing his. Uh, uh, his own PC builds and things like that. Like he's an unashamed nerd and blessing for it. In a tank top, he knows what audience <laughs> he was going for. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's a Warhammer enthusiast as well. So he sits there and paints his little um, his little figures and uh, then enters them into war. Mustache enthusiast as well. <laughs> uh, when it's actually when it actually exists, uh, it looks good. <laughs> and then, uh, when it's not aw- awkwardly removed for another film. Uh, okay, guys, we have a final round left to go. The, the, we're, we're a little bit spread out here. I think Tom is probably the winner here. But regardless, we, you, you, you're a couple of he- points ahead of Stuart, and uh, Paul is um, is a little bit further, further down down the rankings here. But nonetheless, let's play the quotes here, uh, and I might give you clues if uh, if you can't uh, uh, come up with it. And if I do give you clues and you get it, then then that's good, good enough for a point. So. So quotes, uh, starting with a Korean film. So the quote goes as follows. You know what plan never fails? No plan. No plan at all. Stuart. Yes. My sassy ghetto? No, that's incorrect. Tom. Berlin file? No, incorrect. In the name of Christmas, let's be kind to Paul and let him gain some points. It's from an Academy Award winning movie. Uh, parasite. Correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Excellent. Song Kang Ho um, <clears throat> had a little downtrodden speech towards the latter stages of the film. If people have seen it, it happens after the flood. I was going to ah. guess a title called "The Best Plan Is No Plan," but I guess that would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, if the quote was "Let's kill this bitch with peach fuzz," then I would have got it. There you go. Yeah, you would have won that one. It wouldn't have been out of uh, style for a Bong Joon-ho movie. Let, let's just have that dialogue in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been great. Uh, second quote here from a Japanese uh, film. And I've redacted a name from the quote because that will give it away. Uh, so the quote goes as follows from a Japanese film. Uh, this is awful. Atomic tuna, radioactive fallout, and now this bleep to top it off. What if he shows up in Tokyo Bay? Oh, um... Say your name. If you have it. Stuart. Yeah. There's so many to choose from. Godzilla. Yeah, correct. It's from the first Uh, Godzilla. uh, (laughs) This is awful. Atomic tuna, radioactive fallout. Remember, it was made in 1954. And now this Godzilla to top it off. What if he shows up in Tokyo? Yeah, and my head was like, there's fucking 30 of them. Which one could it be? (laughs) That's what I froze on. Yeah, I was thinking, which one is it going to be? Godzilla versus Biolante. I wouldn't be that cruel to you. (laughs) I thought you might be, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a really serious line to be honest. Because uh, yeah, yeah, a few years after the bomb fell, bombs. Yeah, I was thinking Shin Godzilla, but I would have been wrong. Uh, quote from a Hollywood film by a Hong Kong director. So where is the following exchange from? This is a dialogue between two people. A short exchange, but dialogue between two people. So quote: What's wrong with my clothes? You look like a carrot with earrings. Tom. Yeah. It's not the big hit. No, incorrect. So Hollywood film by a Hong Kong director. Um, so and the exchange went, "What's wrong with my clothes? You look like a carrot with earrings." Sure. Yeah. Um. Choi Hark knockoff. No. 
But Paul, ah. Paul, he's awfully close. Uh, double team? That's correct. Oh, well done. <laughs> so close. I thought like carrot with earrings would just spark Dennis Rodman for, for the entire ah, room. I was thinking yeah, Rob Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well done, Paul. Well done, Paul. Nice. Nice. Very short quote. I'm not going to even say where it's from because I think this uh, this is a famous quote. So it goes as follows. Who's throwing handles? Stuart. Yeah. Kung Fu Hustle. That's correct. Oh, I can love that film. Nice one. Your lead is in danger, Tom. He's, <laughs> on, he's on a roll here. And this is, uh, we might bloody. come up on a tiebreaker here. If this, if this is the last question, then we'll have to come up with a tiebreaker. I, I have, I haven't written one, but I know what to do. Right. No pressure. So you, you you can compete, obviously, Paul. But uh, we're coming down to the last question. It's between these two lads. Just the best album of all time on offer. No <laughs> pressure at all. Okay. Tom, do you have a record player, Tom? No, but I was thinking if you put it in the microwave, two minutes, that should play it, right? That would make it to the size of a CD, maybe. You have to cut cut it down to seven inches. Cut it down to size. Put it put it in my laptop. I've got a floppy drive. Stick it in an LD player, it should work, right? Perfect. Ken, when can I come around yours? <laughs> no, no, you can't. You can't. No one is allowed. No one is allowed to come here. Final quote for the prize, grand prize of Alan Tam's Lorelei album on LP pop vinyl album disc. <laughs> and it's a simple one. It's an English dubbed line from a Hong Kong film. Not a Kung Fu film, but an English dubbed line from a Hong Kong film. Famous one. It goes as follows. This is very exciting. We never had this before. It never had come down to the wire. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited about this. So it goes as follows. Give the guy a gun. He thinks he's Superman. Give Tom! him two and he thinks he's God. Wait till he finishes. All right. Um, yes. Hard boiled. Yes. <laughs> Yay! Woo! Yeah, I, I like that you were very like, Tom. I fucking got this. <laughs> Give a guy a gun, he thinks he's Superman. Give him two, he thinks he's God. Uh, Philip Chan, his superior, I believe, comes in now after the tea house shootout and his partner is lying dead on the floor and it's like, what a mess you've made. And then he says that for the English uh, dub of Hot Boiled. Tom is the winner of 2021 Trivia Night and he's the proud owner as soon as that gets on uh, good um, uh, uh, vinyl uh, packaging to send it out. Uh, Of Alan Tam's Lorelei album on vinyl LP pop album disc. Thank you, thank you. I couldn't have done it without you, Ken. Team Tam for the win. That's Team Team Tum Tem. What's in between A and O? A lot of letters. We teach. Team Tem officially. Tem. I'm gonna go with that. That sounds like a test to check if the logger logs are smashed or not. Like, what's between A and O in the alphabet? B, G, Z. Is that right? I think so. You're good. You can continue podcasting. Yeah, we'll have to start, we'll start bringing that one in, yeah, to uh, test the waters a little bit. Well, 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 guys. Uh, congratulations. A uh, Christmas gift that will get to you in January. I, I have some uh, vinyl uh, orders coming in. I normally don't save the the, the, the proper uh, the proper sized uh, packaging that they use to send those vinyls in, but I will, so I can send it out properly and safe and secure, and you can get Alan Tam into your mailbox, straight into your mailbox <laughs> and into your ears. Lovely. Even if you don't have a vinyl a pop album disc uh, player, the album is on Spotify, Lorelei. You, you can look it up. 
under that name. I just, it's, it's, yeah, I can listen to it on streaming services while I look lovingly into Alan's eyes while I'm holding the vinyl. I hope there's like a nice kind of um, like a pull-out poster or something in the middle. Have you opened it? You cracked it open, Ken? Is there, is there... It wasn't sealed, sealed, but there was no uh, additional content in it. Oh, uh... There's no kind of gatefold kind of him, you know, lying down or no, something. No, not on that one. Maybe on the reissue. Maybe on the picture disc reissue they included some um, extras. But, you know, I'm still happy with my prize. Those songs from Armor of God, uh, I believe at least two, maybe three, because you have Lorelei, Midnight Rider. A friend of mine is possibly on that album. It's a song that plays uh, during the driving montage in Armor of God when they're all being friends. And Midnight Rider plays during the fashion show Massacre that cuts in between Alan performing on stage. <laughs> so. Fantastic tunes. Like a Jackie Chan film. People dying, people dying. (laughs) People losing their eyeballs. Yes. Which is, is, um, by all accounts, one of the sequences that Jackie did not direct. uh, The the gunning down of uh, innocent people. They they kept that uh, stuff that Eric Tsang uh, did before the injury. Uh, but yeah, so well done, guys. Thank you very much for being willing participants and, uh, and um, helping me to get out to uh, get us to a um, conclusion of the year via a Christmas um, Christmas special. So very much appreciate uh, appreciate that and the competing spirit. And um, if I would have been kinder, I would have bought a prize for everyone. So no one goes home empty-handed. But I only bought one prize. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll make I'll make tapes for you guys. Don't worry. Some uh, Allentown bootleg cassettes for you guys. I'm going to write down the Spotify URL and post it to you. Ah, yeah, it'd be easier. Good idea. And you can look it up. Uh, you don't need to write it in Chinese at all. I like just type in Lorelei, you'll get the Allentown discography and things like that. So, um, uh, which is good that uh, all of that stuff is on even uh, uh, we- uh, like Western regions, you know what I mean? Uh, not just Hong Kong, Spotify or um, anything like that. So, um, yes, yeah, awesome. Uh, so that's uh, that's fun if you're a fan of um, cantopop music from from films. And uh, there's a second album that I probably want to own myself, where some of these songs from Armor of God are recorded in English uh, by Alan Tam. They uh, so they have alternate versions, uh, but in English. Uh, so I think I'm that can be to... next year's quiz, quizzes prize. That's what we're planning for next year, guys. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys, and uh, I'm not going to be uh, long-winded here. I'm going to say that uh, I've enjoyed uh, making podcasts uh, with you guys for the entire year because uh, you all uh, you all contributed greatly, and uh, thank you for for getting the intent and uh, the structure and um, and elevating all the shows that you've been on, and uh, for all the interaction on social media. I've seen an uptick in. Um, in Twitter interactions, which I'm surprised and delighted by because I don't know how to do social media. I really don't. But I'm really glad that uh, people are interacting and uh, taking part and uh, sharing and uh, liking. And uh, that's uh, really, really gratifying. Uh, I don't know the formula, but um, I'm glad there are kind people out there. So thank you to the listeners and uh, whoever's been following us and supporting us that way. So I'm going to shut up now and uh, see if uh, Paul Fox, uh, in, the, in the spirit of Christmas, I'm going to be quiet now. And see if Paul Fox has anything he want to say on on his behalf. You don't need to say anything about the podcasts you've been on and praise me or anything. That's not the task here. But just speak from your heart if you have anything to say. All hail Kenny B. No. Uh, Now, again, happy holidays, everybody. 
Uh, it's always a blast to be on here and whether we're talking films or just goofing around like this, um, it's a good time. And I hope if you're out there listening, you enjoy it as well. And please do drop, uh, Ken some love for all the hard work he puts into this stuff. Cause mm. for the rest of us, you know, it's, we got the easy part just kind of, you know, popping on and, and, and mm. blabbing our mouths, but he's got to do the editing and the posting and the feeds and everything. Mm. So, uh, excellent. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Um, Stuart, anything you want to say on your behalf? Uh, plug the log logs for heaven's sake. Uh, you're welcome to do that because now this is coming out in a timely manner, uh, December 23rd. So when does that go online if uh, if not on that very date? I, I think our Christmas special will be dropping on Christmas Eve. Ah, mm. So excellent. once you've finished listening to this episode, should be just in time to listen to me and Tom tucking into a bottle of Santa's stout and Christmas ale. Yeah, as if you remembered those, you got those written down. <laughs> Good work. What's the uh, what's the angle of your Christmas special? Are you doing anything that you don't normally um, normally do on your show? Uh, just, we're uh, we're gonna look back on the beers we've tried this year and kind of <laughs> and drink them again. We our favourite. Always <laughs> <laughs> a top five beer of the year type of thing. Kind of, yeah. Then a couple of listener questions. Yeah, that's it. Recap of our girls' weekend away. Oh yeah, our audio. <laughs> um, there's like 20 minutes of uh, like gorilla on the street recording the me and Tom. Like even one clip where we had to get kicked out of a taxi. There was definitely to, some monkeying around for sure. Uh, down a tin of beer. Why are you not behaving in public, lads? <laughs> and then get back in the taxi before he <laughs> fucked off with my phone. So we managed to capture all that magic. Uh, in audio, <laughs> what, what what device was recording? Uh, recording was it the phone on on the loose? That it, was it was an additional phone. Okay. It was like so. <laughs> I had like one phone as the recorder, another phone as just well. That's my phone with all my family photos on it. I've left in the back seat. Quickly drink this beer <laughs> and run to to get strength and energy. <laughs> so. <laughs> But again, also, just I want to give you your flowers, Ken. You're like this little um, mohawk sheepdog Not that's just guided us into the pen. I've cut my hair, Stuart. Didn't you see my picture on social media yesterday? I've cut that. my hair. I've seen that personally. I enjoyed it. Are you hawkless? Yeah. <laughs> I'm spiky, but I'm, uh, I'm I'm not sweet hawk anymore. That's my Christmas gift to you all. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you, you've been quite, quite the little sheepdog. Guiding me, Tom, Paul, Phil, just trying to get as many sheep into the pen for a podcast. It's, I, I imagine that we've caused you a lot of stress <laughs> when you think, right? No, only Tom. Only Tom does. What do you mean, Stuart's going to see fucking Spider Man? Jesus Christ! Stop being social. <laughs> Stop being um, family men. Even like, last night, like someone's offering, like, would you be able to look after my son? And I was like, yeah, bring him along. And my wife was like, Stuart, you're doing a fucking podcast. Twice <laughs> yesterday. She was like, 11.30 podcast. I was like, oh yeah, fuck, you're right. <laughs> I like your wife better than you, Stuart. Yes, <laughs> she keeps me in check. <laughs> well, you're very kind to say so. I'm happy to do it. It's um, it's uh, it's what I it's what I like to do, being productive. And uh, But uh, this is nothing without uh, without your great assist and uh, what you bring to the table. So you're certainly not uh, idol followers or anything. That'll do, Ken. That'll do. That'll do. Tom. You need about 20 minutes to plug and share thoughts. I think we're going to have a timer on you. 
yeah, for a minute, stop starting now. Started. Okay, okay. Um, um, uh, it's kind of started. Okay, uh, no, just reiterating what the other lads have said, Ken. Been another brilliant year podcasting. Thank you for having us on. You know, love talking movies, and it's just great to get together with um, you guys, and especially you, Ken. To uh, to just have a chat and have a catch up and and record it and for some reason people listen to that um, but I think it's mainly down to your hard work and congratulations all the hard work <laughs> and it's oh, all paid off, off stage. and well done Ken because you deserve it I'm but playing you off Merry Christmas Merry and Christmas, a happy Tom. New Year to everybody there we go that was all right right the seven seventy six. You're very kind. Merry Christmas, uh, everybody. Happy holidays. And uh, if you celebrate uh, something uh, else than uh, that isn't uh, Christmas, then uh, happy, be happy, and uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy uh, family time. Take care of each other, and uh, yeah, that'll do. I'm not gonna get very uh, good more, more political than that. No, very good advice. Uh, so let's uh, we'll see you in 2022, and uh, that's also signing off. So. Um, Let's just go out without even uh, saying our names again. So bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye. Happy holidays.